Hello, welcome into this edition of your favorite football podcast. I'm Grace, and alongside me today is James. Uh, James, we are going to be talking about this past weekend in football, as usual. It's the uh, typical Tuesday episode for us. Um, a lot to get into, actually. Uh, some some decent games this weekend from both college and NFL. Um, I know one you're really excited to talk about. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with the college side of things. Um, we'll start right off with number one, Georgia, struggling with Kent State. But what, what do you make of Um, I don't really make much of it, to be honest with you. I mean, look, it, it, it's Kent State. Everyone thinks they should win by 60, which, I mean, they'll be fine. Like, it's they won by 17. No big deal. It's not like they went and struggled, pulled it in within four, right? Um, I mean... It is what it is. They're coming off that big road win, 48-7 against South Carolina. The conference play starting this weekend. So I think it's more lines of, hey, let's go in here. Let's not show too much. Um, let's keep everyone healthy. And let's worry about winning the SEC. Because, look, they have Missouri at, on the road this coming weekend. Then you got Auburn, Vanderbilt, Florida. They're going to steamroll all those teams. I mean, Vanderbilt just got beat 55-3 to by Alabama. Um Florida is the tricky one because if they come out and play like against Tennessee, that could be more of a ball game than we think. But it should be a pretty, you know, Georgia should win that game. Um, Mississippi State on the road. And then they only have one, they have two ranked opponents from here to the end of the year. And that's number eight, Tennessee at home and number seven, Kentucky on the road. So that's not a daunting schedule. So I think it's more of, Look, is it surprising to see Kent State hang around as long as they did? Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that fact. But am I worried about it, or do I make anything other than, eh, maybe they're just looking ahead? No, I, I can't sit here and say I, I I think they're just looking ahead, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. Uh, got uh, media passes from the radio station I work at, so I was able to sit in the press box if that just tells you anything. They're towards the end of the game, though. Fourth quarter, Ohio State had their backups in. Um, that's how Wisconsin was able to really score the next 14 points. So, I mean, a lot of people are thinking Stroud is is now going to be the front runner for the Heisman, or he already is. I'm I'm going to say this not based on biasy, but right now I I I would say I believe it because. There hasn't been really much of a, a, a big standout this season within the first four weeks of college football. Um, I mean, Bryce Young has he 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 struggled a little bit here and there. Um, yeah, Stroud got off to a, a rough start in the first week or two, but he's starting to really pull it back around. We, we got to see this weekend that. Um, the uh, whole narrative of if uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba doesn't play, then the offense doesn't do well because the offense did just fine and JSN didn't play this weekend. So, I mean, Stroud has looked really good. He is he's on pace to right now on pace. No, it's it's not going to happen. I don't think it will. However, he's on pace to break Joe Burrow's record of sixty touchdowns in a season. Um, 
again, I don't think that's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. The defense has looked so much better this week uh, as opposed to what they did last week uh, and, and even kind of the week before against Arkansas State. It, it, it just goes to show me that, like what you said with Georgia, is they're not showing everything up front. Uh, like uh, in a game in their game against Kent State, they were hiding a little bit for when it came to conference play. So I think this Ohio State team is going to be just fine as the season rolls on, uh, barring any major setbacks injury-wise. Um, what, what, what do you make of this Ohio State monster win over uh, a, a Wisconsin team in the, in the division? So you and I kind of talked about this today, right? And I, I you know, this is the type of win they needed over Wisconsin. Um, and the reason being yep. is because of the slow start against Notre Dame. Obviously, they took off against Toledo, and which rightfully so. So it's a little bit – it holds a little bit more than a Toledo win because of the fact of it's Wisconsin. However, the caveat to that is it's not the same Wisconsin team like we're accustomed to seeing. That program is kind of, for me, and, and you know, looking obviously, you know, 10,000 feet, it's not the same program as it was just five years ago. They don't they they don't scare you as a top you know they're not even in the top twenty five. I mean, they used to be weekly top twenty fives. They used to be in your mouth, smash mouth, great running game with a quarterback that could beat you if it needed to. They just aren't that anymore. And the problem is that's the Big Ten in a nutshell. You have your top two or three teams. But then outside of that, they all stink. I mean, I just watched Indiana, who isn't that far removed as being one of the top, you know, half of the Big Ten programs just a couple years ago. And they just got mollywhopped by Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati dominated all three phases of the game. So, yeah. So, what I make of it, Raceland, is Ohio State did what it needs to be do. And you can't fault them for who they're playing. So, yeah, if you're an Ohio State fan, you should be excited that you put 52 on a Big Ten opponent because that's still a Big Ten opponent. However, I think we're starting to see now more than ever, I think a lot of the conferences, it's just not the Big Ten. It's the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big Ten. SEC is to be determined. But outside of your two or three, the, the rest are just teams, it seems like. I mean, I'm looking at the Big Ten conference right now. Indiana just got butt-kicked against Cincinnati on the road. Maryland's just okay. Rutgers, I mean, yep. we talked about it at lunch. They're 41-point dogs on the road. Are they home? No, they're home this week, right? They're home. So, yeah, they're 41-point home no, they're, dogs. No, they're, they're at Ohio State. Okay, so the 41 points on the road. 41 points, Rayson. Michigan State is just yeah, a 41. team. They're 2-2. Two and two. Minnesota cracked the top 25. They're undefeated, so to be determined. Iowa can't – they stink. Northwestern stinks. Illinois stinks, even though they're 3-1. and one. I mean, do we really think they're going to be a 7-8 win team in Big Ten? No. Purdue, 2-2. Two and two. Wisconsin, 2-2. Two and two. Yep. And Nebraska, well, we all know Nebraska. So, they're just teams. And this is the – and hear me out. I know we're looking too far in, in the future here. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it relative here. 
This is concerning to me when it comes to the 12-team playoff or the expanded playoff because because we want more teams in the playoff mix, right? Because four is not enough. However, the problem that we're getting to now, and we're looking at it right in the face, whoever draws the number one or number two seed in the playoffs are going to get smoked in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, I, like it, we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about that, you know, in a couple years when the playoff are the is expanding. But like, I just can't help but look at you know what we're seeing in the conferences alone. I mean, do you, like right now? If you know, because it's the eighteen playoff, right? Is that my memory correct? They agreed on the eighteen playoff. Uh, no. Okay, no. It's it's gonna be twelve. Okay, so twelve. Okay, so. If the season was to end today with the AP Top 25, your 1 versus 12 would be Georgia versus Utah. And then if you okay. don't and if you have the if you get bye weeks for the top 4, yeah. And then your your yeah, the top your 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 game is Clemson and Utah. Like that could be Yeah, but it doesn't because you, because you, whoever okay. makes, huh? It, I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things to where I want to see more transparency and the, not transparency, but what's the word? The, the, the gap closed between the conferences before I get too excited because right now, man, it's just not like Wisconsin's they're gonna be a seven win team. They're not gonna be, you know, not in a bowl game. It doesn't hold right. the same weight. It right now it doesn't. I, I will agree with you. Uh, especially that win against Wisconsin. Um I mean it, like you are looking at the Big Ten. Uh, right now I see the Big Ten has has four teams in the top twenty five. All four of them could make a legit push toward the Big Ten championship game. Um, I mean, right now it looks like Minnesota is definitely going to be the team out of the West, uh, barring anything unforeseen. You get over there, you're making an awful lot of noise. I'm trying to figure out why my thing is freezing. Oh, what's freezing? Well, you know, my computer, you know. As long as Adobe's not freezing, we'll be all right. Yeah, technology, man. And technology is great. Anyway, um, looking uh, like I said, Minnesota at, at coming out of the West is probably more than likely going to happen. Uh, I mean, Muhammad Ibrahim, in my opinion, is the best back in the nation. Uh, and then looking the East, Ohio State at three, Michigan at four, Penn State at eleven. All four teams looking pretty solid. Um, Ohio State will play uh, Penn State here in a couple weeks. Actually, probably about a, yeah, about a month from now is when they play Penn State. They play at Penn State. And then obviously the the game at the end of the year against Michigan at noon. So it Ohio State doesn't have too difficult of a schedule. Um, like we said, they play Rutgers this week at home, three thirty, forty and a half point favorites. Um, yeah. So uh, again, you 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 touched on a little bit about uh, Maryland being just an okay team. 
trying to go back to scores real quick. Um, yeah, Michigan beat them. Honestly, I, I think that had Tuilea, uh, quarterback for Maryland, not thrown uh, the pick there with two and a half minutes to go, whatever it was, Maryland was driving down the field. They, or no, no, I think it may have been five minutes, about five minutes or so. Um, if Tuilea doesn't throw that interception late in the game, Maryland could either beat or have tied Michigan to send it to overtime. So either Maryland's better than what we thought and it just one bad mistake or Michigan's not as good as we think they are. We'll have to wait and see. Um, one of the games that had a lot of hype this weekend going into it and, and it lived up to it. Uh, Clemson was taking on Wake Forest. That game went to double overtime. Clemson ended up taking the victory 55-40, or 51-45, excuse me. James, you're the ACC guy on this one. I'm going to let you take it. I think the big surprise of that game was the fact that the Clemson defense allowed that many points. Um, Right. And two, on the flip side, Clemson's offense woke up. I mean, DJ had had about 400 yards through the air, um, had, I think, four or five touchdowns. But, again – that was a critical game in the ACC Atlantic Division because pretty much the winner of that game is the favorite to go to the championship game in in November. So, I no December, I guess it's the first weekend of December, whatever. But I think that was the game that Clemson and the Clemson fan base needed to see, right? Because for, there was a lot of doubt when it comes to DJ Ugalele and – the Clemson offense and a lot of question marks, you know, can the Clemson defense still be the elite defense? And quite frankly, the defense did not look very good. However, the earlier in the year, they did look pretty stout. They looked pretty fast, although they were playing teams like Georgia Tech and so forth. But the offense against a pretty good Wake Forest team lit up the scoreboard. And yes, it took a double overtime win, but it doesn't matter. It wins a win. And they had to go on the road. They were at Wake Forest. Like, that is a tough environment to play right now because of how good the program has been, especially with Sam Hartman there. Um, DJ Ugalele had 371 yards with 26 for 41 and five touchdowns. Um, great win for Clemson. I'm going to see what their schedule looks like coming forward. But, I mean, I don't think it's daunting from here for a little bit. I mean, yeah, they got oh, they got NC State, a top 10 matchup. At home, though, so that that's going to be a electric Death Valley environment. Um, college game day is going to be there for that game, rightfully so. But then, yes. then it kind of get interesting. Boston College stinks. They just got molly whopped against Florida State. Um, but that Florida State game is very, very sneaky on the schedule. Florida mm-hmm. State undefeated, four and zero. And they're finally ranked, I think, since first time since 2018 that they made their appearance in the AP Top 25, which is hard to believe. Um, and it's at, and it's on the road at Dope Campbell Stadium. That game might be interesting. That's the game I'm circling right now. Because if Clemson can make it past NC State, I would not be surprised if Florida State knocked off Clemson in that matchup. Because Dope Campbell is probably going to be a night game. Let me see what Florida State's schedule is before I jump to conclusions. 
So Florida State has Wake Forest this week. So that's another interesting game. See, this thing, Florida State, Florida State and Clemson have the they, they play Florida State plays Wake Forest at, at home and then NC State on the road. But I think Florida State can compete with both those schools. I think Florida State's a pretty good football team this year, which is surprising surprising to me because of how bad they were last year and the year before that. But Jordan Travis is the guy. Jordan Travis is the heart and soul of that offense and that team. But yeah, I still think even if Florida State does lose one of the next two, that still could be an interesting matchup because I think Jordan Travis will be the better quarterback on the field that day. Right. No, I, absolutely no doubt. I, I I believe that now to be true as well. Uh, so, looking through some of the rest of the games, there were – go back and count them real quick so I have this number correct. One, two, three, four, four upsets, if I'm not mistaken, is what I'm seeing. Uh, Texas Tech in overtime beats uh, number 22, Texas, uh, 37-34, a game that I know you don't necessarily want to talk about, but we have to talk about it because it was an upset. Uh, Middle Tennessee beating Miami 45-31. I read that Tyler Van Dyke got benched in that game. What was going on with that? Not, Not playing well, obviously, but is there anything more behind that? Are you hearing anything? So, yeah, he got benched. He just wasn't playing well. The last two weeks, he hadn't been playing well. I mean, in the very first play of the game, he threw an interception. Um, again, I, I I I remember last weekend when Miami lost to Texas A&M. Remember that text I sent you, Raceland? And I told you if he played like that, he would not be the starter by the end of the year. Because the guy they have behind them... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I you can't. I mean, he just had a rough two weeks. It'll be interesting to see who's the starting quarterback after the bye week. Um, but again, it's an embarrassing loss. Miami should never lose to Middle Tennessee. Um, but it just shows how far behind we are as a program. How far the U is. I mean, that's why I wasn't jumping at the bit, man. When it comes to the return of the U, when Mario Cristobal got in there, because. Yeah. And and because you saw in the first two weeks, even in the in the blowouts, that they weren't that team yet. Now the defense showed up against Texas A and M. That defense obviously got torched by Middle Tennessee. I mean, Middle Tennessee's Cunningham, the quarterback, had over four hundred passing yards. I mean, it, it was not a good performance by the defense nor the offense. But again, can the ACC be one? The Coastal still be won by Miami? Yes. Technically, yes. But I'm not going to book it. I'd be naive to think that they're going to go and beat Florida State right now. I'd be naive if, if, if I think they're going to go beat, you know, some of the other Coastal competition they have to get through. But I think what people need to realize is, and I saw everyone freaking out on Twitter and all that, which rightfully so. It's Middle Tennessee. But... Talking about, you know, Paul Paul Feinbaum talking about how Miami's the greatest fraud in college football. You know, it's like, dude, shut up. Yes, they had a lot of hype. Yes, the fans bought in the hype. Yes, 
there's a lot and many, many years, I agree, they're they're probably overranked. Remember, beginning of the year, I said it myself on this show. I thought the 14th ranking is a little bit too generous for Miami. But you can't call them a fraud. It's one year. What is Chris Paul supposed to do? Go hit the transfer portal and re and and take over a team? I mean, everyone's probably looking at Lincoln Riley and saying, oh, look what he's doing at USC. Well, guess what? Lincoln Riley also brought in a lot of guys from Oklahoma to come in that team. Right. Miami didn't have that. Yes, they got some key transfers. Yes. But they didn't get a Heisman hopeful quarterback, which Talavan Dyke was supposed to be that. I'm not disagreeing. But the thing that's always concerned me is where are the playmakers on offense, especially without Restrepo, the linebackers look slow and the defensive backs look slow. And they all got burnt on Saturday. Now, I'm not turning in my Miami fan card. I'm not, you know, it's not that bad yet. It'll never get to that point. However, Cristobal has a – he has to look himself in the mirror, look in the – and the program has to look himself in the mirror and say, look, we're 2-2. Two and two. We just got embarrassed at home. The Coastal is still right in front of us. We have a week – we have a bye week to kind of heal up our wounds, get healthy, and really determine what we're going to make this season to be. Are we going to let this loss define who we are and go six and six and and make a bowl game that's going to be you know a meaningless bowl game? Go back to the Cheez It Bowl. No, no offense to the Cheez It Bowl because I like Cheez Its. Um, <laughs> or we're going to go and we're going to scratch a claw and let's try to find a way to win the Coastal. And I have a feeling Chris Ball is going to go for number two. And as a fan, I'm going to hope for number two. And I think, you know, but. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the quarterback position after the bye week. Because I have a sneaky suspension, suspicion that Jake Garcia will be the quarterback. Van Dyke has not looked like the guy ever since Rhett Lashley left. So maybe it's one of those things where, man, like maybe it was Rhett Lashley's scheme that made Van Dyke. I, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of right now. I, I don't want to believe that NIL is making that big of a difference where you go from Heisman hopeful to stinky. I just refuse to believe that. Because you look around the look around college football, Bryce Young literally put the team on his back to beat Texas. Caleb Williams is single, it, it, not single-handedly, but he is a huge factor of what USC is doing. Yep. C.J. Stroud's got an NIL deal, and he just torched Wisconsin and put 52 on the board. So I, can't, I there's no evidence that's nil. So what is it? And the only thing I can think of with that has evidence is it's Rhett Lashley being gone. Well, so based on what you kind of just said, outside of Alabama, uh, uh, and, and I'm not saying they don't have any of these, but it, it sounds like. As the weapon that Tyler Van Dyke needs, because um, you, you go back and look, you know, Georgia's got one of the best tight end groups, if not the best tight end class uh, right now in in the nation. Um, Alabama's Alabama, so don't need to say much more about that. Uh, Ohio State, they've got one of the best receiving rooms. Uh, they've got one of the best running back rooms in the nation right now. Uh, 
it, 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 it's hard to compare Miami to those teams right now, obviously. I, I understand where you're going with it. But it, Miami doesn't have the weapons right now to help Van Dyke out at all. Um, outside of one, maybe two players. But you're not going to be able to really get that done with one, maybe two players. So I, I think once Cristobal really settles in, um, gets the guys in that he has recruited, he's going to be recruiting. If he if Miami gets some some big name talent uh, coming out of high school into college, it, it'll start to make a difference. And the, yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm not worried about the future. That's why I, I very vehemently disagree with what Paul Feinbaum saying is Miami's still the greatest fraud in college football. Yeah, this year stinks, and I'm not denying that. That was an embarrassing loss. But again, they're not the most embar- They're not the greatest fraud. I don't. I mean, come on now. They're they're not. I mean, it, it, what I think it is is if you want to say, yeah, well, they're the greatest fraud because they're a top fifteen team. Everyone bought it to hype. Yada yada yada. yada. Okay, that's one year. Chris Ball's one year. You got to let him get his guys in when it comes to recruiting. Look, Paul Feinbaum makes a good living doing what he does on the SEC Network, ESPN. He's a smart guy. I'm not saying that. But sometimes, you know, the not-so-smart guys like myself can obviously see, well, you're basing off of one year. Chris Ball's been there one year. Not even one year. He's been there for four games. But. To your point, Raceland, I'm not comparing Miami to the Alabamas or Georgias. However, what I am comparing is Van Dyke, just like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, was looked at as a top-tier quarterback, potential yes. first-round picks. Yes. He has a QBR of 40 through four games. That's true. And I watched that Texas A&M game. He missed some dudes. And I get it. His number one, his number one target, Restrepo, gone. But yeah. let me tell you something. Restrepo missed two games this past. He's already missed two games. He still leads the team in, in receiving yards with 172. That's so. Uh... That's the situation we're in. So yes, Miami for 2022. Look, I, I'm I, again. I can't pick them and not be worried in any game this year. I just can't. But it, it, does this persuade what I think Cristobal can do? No. Guys, what Miami fans have to realize, and, I'm, and this is myself, is we have been so bad in recruiting for a while. Manny Diaz didn't recruit well. Mark Rick recruited decent. Al Golden before Mark Rick didn't recruit well. We are paying... For years and years and years of average, guys. Of average. I mean, yeah. we didn't have, I mean, outside of like Phillips, uh, Gregory Rosu, you know. But last year, Braceland, correct me if I'm wrong. Miami only had one player drafted last year. And it was Rambo in like the sixth or seventh round. Yes. Yes. So, guys, this is myself included. We have to get out of the thinking that Miami is walking in a top 15 team. Rayson, you can vouch for me. I, I said this earlier. I was even skeptical about that entering this year. Yeah, you were. Because they got to prove it. 
And I said that going to the Texas A&M game. They got to prove they can win those types of games before they're a force. But also, Miami fans, Middle Tennessee or not, let's not kid ourselves. Miami for the last 10 years, and this is one thing that Paul Feinbaum, I kind of will agree with, not on the fraud thing, but, you know, and I don't agree with the Feinbaum, but the fraud thing. But one thing I will say is in years past, whenever Miami loses a big game, they usually lose two or three to follow. So again, I'm not gonna. I'm done with talking about Miami for right now. Um, they're on a bye week. They got to figure it out. Jane Rashad is coming in next year as a freshman. Jake Garcia is probably going to take over the reins. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. But I, yeah, disappointing loss. Right. Uh, the other two upsets this week: uh, Texas A&M beating Arkansas twenty-three to twenty-one. And then Kansas State beating number six, Oklahoma, 41-34. There's one more game that I want to get into before we head off to the NFL side of things. Uh, Let me find it real quick because – and I've got a a problem with with this. So this past weekend, Kansas beat Duke 35-27. Kansas – is 4-0 for the first time since, God, I can't remember the stat, but it's been quite a while since Kansas has been 4-0. Kansas isn't ranked. I don't understand why. I mean, they, they just beat a Duke team who was 3-0. and They beat Houston, who at the beginning of the season was ranked. Um, they beat West Virginia, in overtime, who, I mean, they took Pitt to the wire. Pitt's ranked. Um, and Pitt very well could have lost that game if, if they don't throw a pick six at the, at the end there. I, I've got a problem with Kansas not being ranked. Because if you look at the, the, the from 20 to 25, let me pull it up real quick. If you look at 20 to 25, You've got, and, and this is in the, the, the AP poll. Arkansas at 20, which, I mean, they just lost Texas A&M. You know, fine, whatever. Minnesota 21, Minnesota's 4-0. Again, I, I, I've already talked on that. I, I, I think Mohamed Ibrahim is the best, best uh, running back in the nation. Wake Forest, 22. They dropped one spot after having lost to excuse me, uh, number five, Clemson. Florida State, 4-0. Uh, who have they beaten so far? Uh, let me look real quick. Did they Florida beat Boston State, College? Yeah, Florida State beat, beat LSU. They, no, they started out with the win over Duquesne. They beat LSU. They beat Louisville on the road, and they beat Boston College. Okay, what do do? Four teams that don't mean who right now. I mean, LSU's 3-1. No, still, I, right? I disagree. I disagree. Look, that Florida State win was pretty much a home game for LSU. They played in the super, um, the in New Orleans, um, right. and they went to Louisville on the road, which is a tough environment on a Friday night. And Louisville has been a very competitive team in the ACC. They've been a very difficult task. Like they're not the same team as they were with Lamar Jackson. I'm not, you know, insinuating that. Right. But that right. is a tough place to play on a Friday night. 
And, oh, they, and, and they smacked Boston College. Right, but it, like you said earlier, Boston College is Boston College. Yeah, but th- this is a down year for them. They, I mean, they, they, they again, they're not a 10-win team every year, but they, they have been a very tricky team. Um, right. But this year, a very down year, I'll agree with that. But again, the way they handled that business, I mean, they're 4-0. And they have an because who who has Kansas beat? So they beat they started off the season with Tennessee Tech beat them fifty six ten. Okay. Um, they played West Virginia in West Virginia, uh, beat them in overtime fifty five forty two. They beat Houston forty in Houston uh, 48-30. and then then just just the best weekend at home they beat Duke, uh, who was three zero okay. again at the time, but thirty five twenty seven. So, but you have to agree that Florida State has the bigger wins. Yes and no. I mean, Louisville yeah. will beat Duke if they if they played right now. Louisville will beat Duke. They very well could. I'm not saying they won't. But well, and if LSU played Virginia. West Virginia, LSU would beat West Virginia. Well, obviously, West LSU would beat West Virginia, but it's because West Virginia is not good. But um, what I'm saying is, two win like those are two better wins than what Kansas have. Okay. All right. So let me go back now to the rest of the rankings. Um, after after Florida State is Pitt. Um, Pitt three and one. I I think Kansas is better than Pitt. Um, and then Kansas State. I, the only reason Kansas State's ranked is because they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, but you can't take so, them out. No, I'm not. I'm not taking Kansas State out. Kansas State's three and one. If anything, I think. Pitt needs to go. I mean, Pitt has a win over West Virginia. Again, that pick six, they beat them. They lost in overtime to Tennessee. Um, and they, they played Western Michigan and Rhode Island. That, you can look at that Tennessee game because Tennessee's in the top, well, what? They're eight. Now. They're eight. They're, they're top ten now. You can look at that and be like, okay, you know, maybe Pitt's better. But then again, you look back at the week before they they only beat West Virginia on a pick six. Um, they beat Western Michigan 34-13, and then they just beat Rhode Island this weekend at home 45-24. Yeah, but Rayson, here's another thing, right? And, and let's call it what it is. You know why Kansas is not ranked? Because they haven't been good at all in the past few years. There you go. It's because they've been so bad for so long. I mean, Rachel, it took Florida State four weeks to get in the rankings after a 4-0 start. They haven't been in it since 2018. So it's not like they're saying we, we don't like Kansas. I mean, Florida State barely cracked the top 25, and they have four wins. I mean, it's not... No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with Florida State being in there. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I believe Florida State should be... Um, in the top 25 at 4 0. I just think that if Kansas were to play Pitt right now, I think Kansas would beat him. No. Hell, no. I think Kansas would beat Pitt. Honestly, yes. No. Yes. No. Quit it. I, I think they would. I, I Dude, think they would. It might, they just allowed Duke, tw- they let Duke score 27 points. Duke is a sneaky team this year, though, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, let's see their schedule. Let's see how sneaky they really are. They're three and one. Yeah, whatever. Let's see who they played. 
Duke's in they're what? All, the they're in AC ACC? Coastal. Yeah, they do. They have one win that's impressive. And that's not even impressive. They have one big Power 5 win that's against Northwestern. And I'm, I'm trying to find it. Okay. So, yeah, they beat Northwestern. They've beaten Temple, NC, A&T. And then they just lost to Kansas. <sighs> okay. I, 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 I do see a little bit of your point there. But, again, it... it for me, I think Kansas should be ranked. I think that they would. I think they beat Pitt. Now you can argue that all you want. I, I think they. Um, I'm look, trying to find Kansas again. Um, Kansas this week they play Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State three and one. Who are they? I don't think Iowa State has they been ranked yet. Iowa State. I don't. Have, they have not been ranked yet. I think they were um, ranked early. No, they haven't. They, no, they haven't. No, they, they, oh, Iowa State was, has not been ranked yet this year. Um, Matt Campbell is doing is doing great things over there at Iowa State. Hopefully, they can get back on track. Um, and and I, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Iowa State's favored three over Kansas um, in Kansas this week. So, we'll have to wait and see on that. We're looking at Kansas' schedule, um, after... Iowa State, they play at home against TCU. Then they play on the road at Oklahoma. They, they, they go back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, three straight games against top 25 teams, um, sitting as of right now, because they got – after Oklahoma, they're going on the road to Baylor, and then they are back home against Oklahoma State. So those three games are going to be – they're going to be a test to see how well Kansas can fare against the, some of the, the top 25 teams. Iowa State, they could have a, 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 a shot to make the top 25 this week if they beat Kansas. We'll have to wait and see on that. But, again, however, I think Kansas should be in the top 25. You do not. We'll just have to wait and see how this week plays out for some of these other teams. So, but, anyway, uh, it's time to move on to the NFL. Um Going back to last Thursday's game, the Browns beat the Steelers 29-17. I mean, the the biggest play out of that game was the George Pickens catch. Yeah, I mean, it was a great catch. But I think, I mean, maybe I'm just an old grump today. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, you've been a grump almost all day. I I, I get it was a good catch, but, man, we're over – it's overdoing it. We're over. I feel like every time we see a great catch, we're like, "Oh, it's the next Odell Beckham catch." Oh, look at that catch! Was it impressive? I think this one, I think, I think this one was better than the Odell catch. No, if you want to know, if you want to see a catch that was better than both of those, Odell and George Pickens, then look up the Keelan Cole catch from 2018. We, I believe it was Week Two when the Jags played the Patriots at home. Keelan Cole caught a behind-the-back one-handed catch in that game, which the Jags won that game, and that was a huge play in the game. But it got no recognition because it wasn't in prime time. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like we overdo these catches, and, and is it a great catch? Yeah, but guess what? It didn't mean jack squat because they lost. Didn't mean jack squat. Just like Justin Herbert's throw, great throw. I mean, I, my jaw dropped to the floor, and I was like, man, that's a throw. Even Megan thought it was a great throw. But guess what? 
no one looks man, at I, it yeah, because look, they lost. Look at that Keelan Cole catch, man. I mean, he went up. He went Air Jordan for that Are one. Are you watching it now? Hey, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a little snippet of it. That I mean, catch yeah, was better had, than both of them. See, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but with he 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 went up, snagged it one-handed, had to turn his body in midair. That I understand. The George Pickens one, I, I, I say it's better than Odell's because Odell was falling back and he caught it one-handed. George Pickens, on the other hand, had to lay out to the side for it and was still able to haul it in. He, you see a lot of these catches. I mean, the man basically supported his body to be able to catch this ball. Yeah, I mean, it was a great catch. I, I It was a great catch. But Well, and, and I'll, I'll point you to another great catch. Last year, um, Cardinals went for a fake punt against the Cowboys. Ball is thrown to one of the backup running backs, Jonathan Ward, and he caught the ball on the, the, the helmet of a Cowboys player, the, the Cowboys player that was defending him. That was a great catch to be able to have the wherewithal to be able to hold on to it and, and keep it steady on the Cowboys player's helmet as you're going to the ground. That was a good, that was a great catch too. There's, there, there are so many great, yeah, great. There are so many great catches that have been monikered a great catch that anymore. It's what a receiver is trying. I'm not saying the receiver, all receivers are trying to go for it, but it seems like if, if you're kind of a lesser known receiver, that's the types of catches you're trying to make, to make a name for yourself to show, Hey, if I can do this, what else can I do? Because again, let's be honest, Keelan Cole on the Jaguars. I mean, he makes, that's a great catch, man. I'm, I'm still seeing it. George Pickens, he's a rookie. He's he's still trying to show what he can do. Odell, we already knew what Odell was, but that catch only made him, it only gave him a little more hype. Uh, Jonathan Ward was looked at last year as after that catch as a guy who could have a future as a backup in Arizona. Uh, but then you look at it like your Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. These guys don't have to make those catches because we already know they're. So, um, moving on then, uh, we had a, a barn burner of a game, uh, the Texans and the Bears, and the who cares ball. Bears beat Texans 23-20. Uh, a shocker this week, we had the Colts beating the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes said in the postgame interview that... They all need to do better, and it starts with him. And, and I agree. I mean, you're argued and, and viewed as one of the top quarterbacks, if not the top quarterback in the league. You're only putting up 17 points. Now, I get it. You don't have your, your number one in Tyreek Hill anymore. But you've still got decent receivers. I mean, you've got Valdez Scantling. You still have Travis Kelsey, for Pete's sake. Miko Hardman is, is a speedy runner. He can get, the, get downfield almost as quick as Tyreek Hill could. You still have a lot of weapons. It just didn't seem like you were able to connect on a lot of them. Um, and then the Colts, man, I mean, beating the Chiefs after just having suffered a, a, a loss to the Jaguars the week before. What do you think of this game here, James? Um, I think it's more of 
the way the Colts play defense is they want to keep everything in front of you. And I think it, it I, that's always been a problem with the Chiefs. And the thing with the Chiefs is they don't have a team anymore that's just going to outrun you. They don't have a guy they can just throw a five-yard pass to and he runs for 70. They just don't have that yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, so they have to approach – and I think, too, I mean, it's just one of those games – I, and I'm not going to look too much into it. Like, the Colts played a great game. Um, ain't like they scored a lot of points, so it's not like the offense lit it up. It was just the defense play, played a great game, and the Chiefs couldn't find a way to put points on the board like we normally do. Um, oh. Like we normally see, dude. Not nor- what we normally do, but what they normally do. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great win for the Colts. Almost must win, won it? I mean, you can't really go zero and four. Well, zero and you can't go zero and three. So, um, that was they wouldn't have gone zero three. They would they would have been zero two and one. That's right, because they they tied. That's right. Um, so now they're one one and one. They had to, but again, that offense needs to figure out something because you're not going to beat a lot of teams looking the way they did on offense. So, but great performance by defense. You cannot. And that's what I'm more impressed with is how the Colts' defense looked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think teams are they they figured out now that in order to beat the Colts, all you do, all you got to do is stop Jonathan Taylor. Now, well, I, the, the the Chiefs did a pretty good job of doing that, but again, just offensively, they couldn't get the ball rolling. You look at Jonathan Taylor's stats from this game; he he had 21 carries for 71 yards, no touchdowns. His longest run was 13 yards. He had three catches for 20 yards. So, I mean, 91 yards total for a guy who last season was averaging 100, 125 yards from the line of scrimmage. Um, there's, a, there's a stat here, and, and I think it's almost insane that, that it's, it's there. Jonathan Taylor has the second most carries in the NFL at 61. Fourth most yards at 286. He is 19th in average yards per carry at 4.7. He is tied for 14th in touchdowns with only one rushing touchdown. That is insane. And you've got to go back then to the game they had week one against the uh, the Colt or uh, the Texans, where they tied. He had he had a rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter. Are they relying? I don't want to say are they. Are, I don't want to ask if they're relying too much on Jonathan Taylor. But do you think they're relying too much on Jonathan Taylor? It, they're one-dimensional, and I think Pittman's still out too, so it doesn't help much. But I think the fact of the matter is, is they don't have like look at their skill guys. They're not good. No, they're not good. The only guy that scares you on that team is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. But this is the problem you go in, you you buy into when, and granted, look, who knows? This might be the turning turning point for the Colts and they all laugh at us at the end. Could be. But it is easy to see that they need to find their franchise quarterback. What I mean by that yeah. is stop playing Paul Blart, rent a quarterback, 
and go <laughs> find you a guy that's going to be there for the long haul and you can build around. Yeah. Because you can't yep. build around my, Ryan. Why? Because he's not going to be there in two or three years. No. So stop giving up draft capital. Stop giving buttloads of money to guys that won't be there for, in two years, and it's not going to win you a darn thing. No offense, Matt Ryan, but your la- your only chance to win a Super Bowl is when you blew that twenty eight to three lead. No, absolutely, that's what it was. That's what and it is. Jim Mersey, I-, I mean, well, when I say this, if that Matt Ryan shows up in three weeks, you're gonna have another miserable day against the Jaguars, and you're gonna have a lot yep. of miserable afternoons if the offense doesn't figure it out. Because I got news for you, teams figured out how to slow down Jonathan Taylor. It's happened yep. the last two or three weeks since the week started. Yep. So now they're going to make Matt Ryan win the game. And so far, two of the three he's shown he can win. The other one was a tie. One was a beatdown. And credit to where credit's due. Great win for the Colts. However, yep. is that the Colts are turning the corner and there might be a good team? Or is that the Chiefs blew that game? And had one of those games where it's just hard to get going. Kind of like the Bills and Jags games last year, right? You have those, the NFL. Yeah, sure. But that's uh, the that's so, the best part about it. We'll get to find out. Exactly, exactly. All right, so um, you talk about the Jaguars. Obviously, I mean, going on the road to the uh, the, the Los, Angeles, Los Angeles Chargers, beating them, I mean, and handling too. Uh, because I know we're running low on time, I'm going to give you two minutes. Uh, go. Um, yeah, great win. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think they were going to win. Trevor Lawrence started out shaky, but you know, turned the ship and played really well. Had three touchdowns over 250 yards. Um, James Robinson does what James Robinson does. The defense continues to terrorize offenses. Um, and everyone's can make the excuses the health thing. Well, Justin Herbert was hurt. Keenan Allen didn't play. So what? He. Keenan Allen could have played, and Jacksonville was the better team that day. Joey Bosa played at least a half. Um, Rashawn Slater, unfortunately, goes down out for the year. Um, but, I again, I'm, I'm taking on the Doug Peterson mentality. I love Doug Peterson, what he's doing so much that I am taking on his moniker that is now, it's now, here's what they're using in the locker room. So what, now what? What I mean, and what they mean by that is, yeah, you won. So what? Now what are we going to do? That's the way we kind of have to look at it as fans. Yes, enjoy it because we don't get many of those wins. But there's still a lot of football left. The last thing I want to do as a fan is buy in so much and be disappointed because we've been through that. I told Megan this past weekend watching that game is I'm taking it by a one-game basis, and it's fun to watch them. I'm not sitting there calculating, well, if we lose this game, we could win this game and we'll be at this. No, man, one game at a time. Yeah. Because quite yeah. frankly, if they keep playing the way they are playing, Philly's tough. I no denying it. Philly's the tough, tough, toughest team they'll play right now. But eh, eh, I think Miami's just ahead of them. Yeah, but I mean the t- toughest team that Jacksonville will play. They don't play Miami this okay, year. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Um if they win that game, if I'm not saying they are winning the game, I'm just saying if right. they win that game, watch out because they got Houston next week, the Colts to follow, 
They still have the Giants on the schedule. They still have the Lions on the schedule. They still got the Jets on the schedule. Some winnable games down the stretch. Yep. No, so, absolutely. So, again, my two minutes is up. But, I, again, um, great team win. I'm excited to see how they match up against Philly. Um, you know, I, I haven't been flaunting the 2 and one very much, but it's because I'm just enjoying it. I don't need to go flaunt it. Like, it, it's just fun to watch them. It's just fun to no. watch. Letting, I'm letting I've, the scores do it my, do it itself. No, I've been flaunting it for you, um, especially at work. So, um, another game I wanted to touch on was, um, again, Miami and Buffalo. Beginning of the season, I, I after the first two weeks, I thought, you know what? Buffalo looks like the best team in football. Um, I could see them going undefeated when Super Bowl. Obviously, I was completely wrong. Um, losing this week to Miami. Which, and again, you and I talked about this at lunch today at work. Um, if Tua doesn't come back in, which he shouldn't have, um, I think Buffalo probably wins that game. But, however, he, he came back in. Miami won the game. And they are one of only two teams right now sitting at 3-0. and James... If I told you at the beginning of the season the only two that the last two unbeaten teams would be Miami and Philadelphia, you'd have been like, okay, yeah, right, screw that, whatever, you're full of crap. Yeah. And a lot of people would have been. A lot of people would have been because you look at Philly, Jim Hurts was still kind of unproven, and then you look at Miami again, Tua, same boat. Like people, people did not like Tua. People are still speculative on Tua, on what he can be. After this week. I'm not speculative on Tua. I think Tua's, I'm not going to say a top 10 quarterback, but he's slowly making his way into top 15 for me. Um, we'll see what he does toward the end of the stretch. I mean, this is how he usually does. He usually starts out decent and then kind of falters. And um, But, again, he's playing lights out. And, obviously, the NFL PA is investigating the handling of the uh, Tua situation this past Sunday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would not believe that. But again, this look at what the two franchises have done. Um, now, I would say, you know, good franchises, but you know, the Dolphins just lost a first round pick for tampering, and now they're being investigated for handling of a concussion protocol. Um, so it's kind of you know, good might be too strong a word for the Dolphins, unfortunately, because they deserve credit for what they've done in the offseason when it comes to you know trading for Tyreek Hill, building around Tua. Um, yeah. But look what Philly's done. They drafted Devontae Smith last year. That's, you know, they got Jalen Hurts. They are sticking with him. They trusted him. They were able to put some talent around him. Then you go and you get A.J. Brown and, you know, trading him during the draft, first round of the draft. Um, and it's paying huge dividends. Um, again, that, that's the thing about the NFL. It's, you know, front offices are so key in building those rosters. And, again, Credit to Jalen Hurts. I don't, I didn't have much faith that he would be able to do what he's doing, but he's a really good quarterback right now. It would be interesting to see if he could keep it up and take the team to a – that honestly, they're probably – you know, they're, they'll probably win the division even though I made my bold prediction of the commanders, which is biting me in the butt. Um, but, again, it's it's fun to watch. Um, I'm, a, I'm excited to watch the Eagles this week play the Jags. Hopefully the Jags can get the better of them, but it'll still be fun to watch, see how they operate. Because um, I don't get to watch a lot of Philly games. Uh, right. Again, Miami, big primetime game this week with Cincinnati. So 
it'll be interesting to see what the Tua thing is, right? Is he healthy? I mean, it, is it truly the back, and can the back hold up? I mean, a lot of storylines going into that game. But Thursday is only a couple of days away, so we'll find out soon enough. Yep, exactly. Uh, and then so there's one more game I want to talk about, um, a game that I believe should have been played on either Sunday or Monday night, but it wasn't put on there for some reason. I can't figure out why. Um, and after having watched it, I'm glad it wasn't because this game was a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, Green Bay beating Tampa Bay 14 to 12. I mean, the only part that wasn't a snooze fest was there towards the end of, you know, they get a touchdown. The Buccaneers get a touchdown. They go for two. I think they could have made it. They, and they very well could have because it, the, the two point was originally designed to be a run up the middle out of the shotgun um, for Leonard Fournette and he would have walked into the end zone probably untouched. However, took too long getting the play call in, getting to the line, getting set, delay a game. And that delay a game caused the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose. That game would have gone into overtime. This was a big defensive matchup for both teams. Now, both teams have pretty solid defense. Tom Brady, however, was without his top two receivers. Mike Evans was suspended due to the uh, fight with Marshawn Lattimore last week. Um, and then Chris Godwin is, is still piddle-farting around with injuries. So, yeah, again, and then uh, Aaron Rodgers, no Devontae Adams, what the hell does he do? I mean, Romeo Dobbs was his leading receiver this week. Eight catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Tom Brady's leading receiver was Russell Gage, 12 catches, 87 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, I mean, it's it's a battle of two guys who were at one point some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and now it's looking like, obviously, Aaron Rodgers has no weapons outside of two running backs, and they didn't look all that good this, this past weekend. Uh, and Tom Brady just looks like Father Time's catching up to him. Finally. Well, Brady was also without Mike Evans, so that's another thing to keep an eye on. But, um, yeah, I mean, defensive battle. However, there's very lack of skill guys when it comes to bona fide skill position players in those two teams. Um, yeah. You know, the Packers have a very young receiving core, and the Bucks are depleted at receiver. So, not surprising. But, man, the night games have to be better. I mean, Sunday night was abysmal. Um, that was the snooze test of the week right there, I and, tell you that much. And Monday night was, who cares? It was the who cares. <laughs> like, yeah, granted, it was it, a divisional game, so I shouldn't say who cares. The Giants were 3-0, and uh, 2-0. and um, Dallas was 1-2 and after beating Cincinnati. Okay, I get it. So, who cares if you're not a fan of the, the uh, NFC East? But, snooze fest. Man, yes. that is one thing that the NFL should do is they need to start putting some interesting games. Man, like for me, when you look at the games that can't be flexed out, you need to go with storylines rather than who you think's going to be good. Exactly. Like putting Russell Wilson on prime time against the Seahawks was great. You know why? Because even if it's a boring game. You're at least going to get people to tune in to see the reaction of the crowd and how he handles it. 
I'm sorry, NFL. I'm sorry, NBC, and I'm sorry, ESPN, but you got screwed. Because exactly. Do me a favor. Who Who's the night game this week for Monday um, or Sunday? I believe one of them is Kansas City and – yeah, so the Sunday night game this week is Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on that, though, because that game could be moved. Um depending on what happens with the hurricane, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then the Monday night game is the Rams and the Niners. That's going to, that game's going to be terrible. So, the, sorry, ESPN. sorry, ESPN, you just got screwed. You know why? Because who, what, what would a everyday fan rather watch right now? Monday night raw. Well, no. <laughs> Would you rather see the Los Angeles Rams go take on Jimmy G and the 49ers who put up, what, 10 points this week yep. and watch Jimmy G step out of bounds on a drop back which he threw a pick, it would have been a pick six on? Or would you rather see Doug Peterson's return to Philadelphia? Well, no. there's another there, there's another big game on to this weekend that they could have made uh, the Monday night game, but they, they – Obviously decided not to. It's the Bills and Ravens. That should be a night game. It's a one o'clock game Sunday in in Philly. Buffalo right now is favored three. That should have been the night game. That should have been the one night game. I just I mean, think. I just think, man. That even early on, you just gotta find stories, man. Like, it, yes, when it's later in the year, yeah, you want good team on good team. So, it, it yes, exactly. So. The, the there kind of is a story for the Rams and Niners game um, being played on a Monday night is that it's it's a rematch of the NFC Championship game. That's yeah. the story behind that one. Yeah, but it's not. I, I hate that. It's not a rematch. It's not. They're two different teams. No, absolutely they are. I mean, the Rams look worse than they did last year, and the Niners again, same thing. They look worse than they did last year. The NFC West is slowly becoming a, a mid-tier division. They're not. They don't AFC West. Anymore. AFC West might be. Yeah, they're struggling. No, NFC West. Well, AFC West is struggling too. Yeah, they kind of. But no, the NFC West is worse. I mean, you look at it. The Seahawks are hell. They're one and two. I'm not expecting much of them. This year. Cardinals one and two again. I'm not expecting a ton out of them right now. After having watched that defense for three weeks, I'm, I'm getting agitated. I'm getting grazed, James, watching that defense play. Well, I've been there. Outside of the Raiders game, obviously, that was great. Uh, <laughs> um, the Rams, again, they look like a shell of the, themselves from last year, obviously, without having Odell being um, on the shelf and not even on the team anymore, and Von Miller not being on the team. I, they, they only beat the Cardinals this past week by eight. If the Rams were a great team, they would beat the Cardinals by more especially with the way that defense is. And the Niners, I mean, starting off the season with Trey Lance, they have been a good idea. I mean, uh, they lost to the Bears, for Pete's sake. And then he goes down, and Jimmy G comes back, leads him to a victory in week two, and then he goes out against Russell Wilson and, like you said, runs out of the back of the end zone. And damn near, well, he did kind of throw a pick, but damn near throw a pick if he didn't step out of the end zone. I mean, that division looks like it's a mess. At this point, hell, the Seahawks could win it. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could. Well, and now we'll do it for this episode. We went a little bit longer than what we intended, an hour and four minutes. But 
some great conversation was taking place. Uh, make sure you tune in for some more great conversation and, well, for me, not so great predictions as we do the predictions episode dropping Thursday. And I am, well, with that being said, I'm going to be sad, I guess, because that's just the way things are in predictions for me nowadays. I am James, and that is Race One. See you here next time on your favorite football podcast.